You're listening to a Sunday morning sermon by Authentic Church. Well, good morning. Really good to be here. And uh, good to see what God does sometimes, isn't it? I know um, we used to be in a church where it was quite regular to see people on the floor. And then we went to lead another church where um, it was completely foreign to them. And one morning, somebody did go out because the Holy Spirit really touched them. Um, but everybody was sort of freaking out and thinking, what's going on? And someone's about to, f- to call an ambulance, you know, because it was uh, just something they'd never really seen before. But uh, we just had to reassure them that it is the Holy Spirit. And actually, the person there is having a, a really good time with God. Was, was that the case? Yeah, brilliant. That's yeah, good. Just, just to reassure you that uh, God does know what he's doing with people. And uh, anyway, this morning... Um, I want to start with a question. Why am I here? Um, Now, I didn't mean that so much as why am I here at Authentic Church or why am I here in Morley St. Botolph. Um, I'm I'm here because I was invited, but, uh, you know, which I'm really grateful for. Um, But, you know, you're probably here for another reason. But I was thinking more, why am I here on planet Earth? Why has God put me in this place? And um, I suppose it goes with something I've been thinking about an awful lot recently, and that is plan and purpose. You know, do we have a plan and a purpose? Yeah, do I have a plan and a purpose for my life? Does God have a plan and purpose for your life? And uh, if so, how do we find it? And also... Can we miss it? And those are some really difficult questions. And I know I've had conversations with people for whom those questions can be quite troubling. You know, it's all tied up with that question, why am I here? What's the purpose of life? And if you're into sci-fi, it's not 42. Okay, I'll just make that very clear. What is the purpose of life, though? Why am I here? Now, when we start speaking about God's plan and purpose, um, the go-to scripture for people is so often this one, isn't it? Um, in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And that's a scripture that I find is quoted quite a lot. It turns up in sermons. It comes in devotionals. When when somebody needs a little bit of um, uplift, you know, it's often one that people send to them. And that's, that's all good. But actually, are we allowed to apply that to us? Because surely that was what God was saying to Israel. This was written to the Israelites in exile, it's Old Testament, and Jeremiah was actually telling them to settle down, get used to the fact they were in it for the long haul, that it's going to be a long time before they were allowed to come back to their homeland, in fact, 70 years, but even so, he still had a plan and a purpose for them. So can we take a promise that was meant for the Jews and apply it to us here in the 21st century? And, okay, I'll cut to the chase. I think we can, actually, because if it's a promise to Israel, it's a promise to us. Paul tells us that the promises were to Abraham and his seed. He then goes on to explain that Abraham's seed is actually Jesus, and he is the one in whom all the promises come to fruition. And he goes on to say that if we are in Jesus, we are also 
Abraham's seed. In other words, the promises apply to us. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And into Corinthians, I love this one, God has made a great many promises. They are all yes because of what Christ has done. So through Christ we say Amen. We actually sang that this morning, didn't we? All God's promises are yes because of Jesus. So what I'm trying to say is this. If God made a promise to Israel, I've no problem applying it to myself because I am Abraham's seed and I am an heir according to the promise. If God placed a plan and a purpose over Israel, I'm absolutely sure he's placed one over me as well. And just to emphasize, really, because when you get into Scripture, you know, I found so much in there about God's plan and purpose. It just keeps coming up time and time again. But the verse that really started me off on this was this one. And do you know how sometimes you can read the Bible and you can read it several times or a particular verse, and then another time you read it and it suddenly goes boof and it hits you in the eyes. And this verse did that to me. Let's just have a look at what it says. He is the one who saved us. This is Paul writing to Timothy. And called us with a holy calling, not based on our works, but on his own purpose and grace, granted to us in Christ Jesus before time began. That really blew my socks off. Before time began. Did you began? Did you know God placed his plan and his purpose over you before your life began? And some translations here translate that bit before time began. Some translations say from the foundation of the earth. Some say before the world began. Um, others before the beginning of time. Another one from eternity. But the meaning is the same, isn't it? Okay, the, the, the Greek there is actually literally before time, the Greek word chronos. It means the same before God ever made the world. Um, before he even made time, he actually saw you and he placed his purpose over you. So, now you might actually say, but actually, I wasn't born until the 50s or the 60s the 70s, or if you're really young after the year 2000, you know, some of you who are a little more than fetuses. Um, so, um, but, you know, you might say, oh, I didn't come on this earth until that time. How can I possibly have been given a plan and purpose from before time. Now, you may have born, been born physically, whatever year you were born, but that wasn't when God first thought of you. And I think it's really important to grasp that. I believe that you were on his mind at creation. I believe that God created your spirit ready to come onto this earth, onto this planet, at your appointed time. And if that seems a little far-fetched, look at what God said to David. Um, my frame was, or David was speaking about God. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Psalm 139. So before our days came into being, when we were still in the secret place, God saw us and he brought us to this earth 
at the time he had appointed. There's a reason why you weren't born in the 19th century, the 17th century, Roman times, or whatever. And that is, I believe, because God wants you here right now. Because you have been brought to this earth for such a time as this. And the Bible is full of examples of God's, God placing his plan and his people over, um, sorry, his plan and his purpose over people's lives. Have a look at one or two examples. This is what God said to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. That was his plan and purpose before he was ever born. And the Apostle Paul, when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace. It was also said of King David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, he was put on the earth at that time for a purpose. He fell asleep. So God has plans, not just for famous people like this. I believe he has plans each of us in his own generation. Um, and it says in Ephesians 2.10 that he has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, I think that's important. We choose whether we're going to, work, um, going to walk in the purposes of God or not. So what I'm trying to emphasize to you this morning with all those scriptures is you are not an accident. You may have been according to your parents, but you definitely weren't according to God. Okay, You were definitely not an accident in God's whole scheme of things. So let's go back to those questions we started with. Has God placed a plan and a purpose over your life? Definitely. Absolutely. But let's not fall into sort of condemnation over this, and we don't want to get legalistic about it, because some people worry about the plan and purpose. But there, I think there are other important issues we also need to think about. And these are what I would call your covenantal responsibilities. Are you married? Are you considering marriage? They're all important things, but that is a covenantal responsibility before God. In other words, if you have entered into marriage, you've spoken out your vows, there are things you promised your spouse, and when we promise, God expects us to honour those promises. Are you a parent? Then your primary purpose during those years of parenthood is to raise those precious children. They are gifts from God. Now, you might not always feel like that at the time. I do understand that. I've been there. I've raised two daughters. Um, and, you know, there's a great responsibility there, isn't there? Um, but I also remember the time when they got married and who gives this woman away? I do. And the lift of responsibility because now it's... Now, they've never gone, are they? You know, they, they still come back because they need stuff. But actually, the responsibility has lifted to an extent. Are you employed? If so, you have a contract with your employer. That needs to be honoured. And I do have a little bit of a problem, to be honest, with some Christians who seem to make family secondary to ministry. Because I don't feel that is right. And I've come to see it, that our priorities are God first, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. God always comes first. Next comes family and your covenantal responsibilities. And then third, and that's perhaps not always popular among church leaders, is the church and ministry. So that's the way I tend to see them. But sometimes before we can move fully into God's plan and purpose, we may have to work through those responsibilities first. And I know some people who have gone into a whole new level of ministry when the kids have actually left home because then they have more time and I believe that God's purpose can then come more fully into being. And also, as Tammy said this morning, there are times of preparation. And I think some people, again, they move into their full plan and purpose later in life because God's got a lot of work to do with them first. Before he can trust them with his plan and purpose, there's some rough edges to knock off. There's some refining that actually needs to do. Now, look at Moses. 40 years he spent herding sheep in Midian. He wasn't 80 until God called him into his full plan and purpose. Now, that's some preparation, isn't it? Um, Caleb, also 80 before he actually took Hebron, which God had promised that he would do. And the Bible tells us that Abraham was as good as dead. And I always think there's hope for me yet. Um, So, now, that brings me to another question. Oh, can I miss God's plan and purpose Definitely. I really do believe that we can. And one of the saddest things is someone who feels that life has no purpose. And we do come across people who feel there is no hope. They have no purpose, no reason for life. And I think, you know, if we are people of faith, if we're Christians, our prayer should be that God will fulfill his plan and purpose for our life. Wouldn't it be a tragedy if one day when we do get to meet Jesus face to face, we really realized we hadn't fulfilled his purposes for our lives. So yeah, I do believe we can miss his plan and purpose. And as Jesus said, our lives can get so weighed down with cares and worries and responsibilities that we can lose the kingdom perspective. Now, um, just look at the words of Jesus And I've just used the message version here because that does rather amuse me. But be on your guard. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation get dulled by parties and drinking and shopping. Can I just actually say that um, if I'm going to get distracted by anything, it will not be shopping. That's not something that I sort of count as one of my favorite activities. But yeah, we can get sidetracked. Of course we can. This world has so much stuff, and the enemy has so much stuff that he can throw at us that will distract us. But have I missed God's plan and purpose? Can I just say, if you're still breathing, it's not too late. It is never too late. Age is no barrier with God, as we've seen. In fact, I believe that with God there are no barriers. His plan and purpose will always prevail if we're up for it. If we're up for it, his plan and his purpose will always prevail. Now, there's a great story that um, 
Graham Cook tells. I don't know if you've heard of Graham Cook. He's um, somebody who has a real prophetic gifting. He used to be in the UK. He's now um, out in the States. But um, we had him at our church at one point, and uh, very privileged to do so. But he told one story that has always stuck in my mind and resonated with me. And while he was in the UK, he had an issue in his church. In fact, it was two issues. He had two men who were very ill with cancer. Now, the church did, as churches should. They called prayer meetings, they anointed the men with oil, and they prayed for healing. But there were so many mixed messages in the prayers that were being offered. Um, some were praying to cast out the spirit of cancer. There were some who were taking authority over the disease in the name of Jesus. There were others who were praying that the medical profession would actually come up with the right treatment. Others were praying, if it be your will. You know, all these different prayers were all sort of coming together in the prayer meetings. So Graham Cook felt they should say to God, okay, what's going on here? Ask God to direct their prayers. And long story short, for one individual, they felt God say that he would be healed. In that situation, pray for healing, which they did. And he was miraculously healed. The next scan showed the brain tumor had completely gone. The healing was complete. I love those kinds of stories. But with the second man, they felt God say, it is his time. I'm calling him home. And that's not an easy message to deliver. But there are times when it is our time. I think we have to face up to that. But um, it, with the, the response that Graham Cook got from this man was absolutely amazing. He, he accepted it, and he also said, then you're going to see the best death you will ever see. And he made a list of 18 people that he wanted to bring to Jesus. They were friends, they were family, they were acquaintances, they were work colleagues. And he made this list of 18 that he wanted to bring to Jesus before he died. And he set about praying for them, he set about witnessing to them, and one by one, they each gave their lives to Jesus. And it's interesting how folks don't like to deny a dying man, whereas probably if he wasn't, they wouldn't have taken any notice. But he led every one of them to Jesus except for one. And this was um, one person who was just not interested, and that was his Macmillan nurse. And she was a tough old dear. She'd seen it all before. She'd been quite hardened by seeing many succumb to cancer. She was there to do a job, but she certainly wasn't going to get emotionally involved. And however hard he tried to talk to her about Jesus, she just wasn't going there. She was there to do her duty, and that was it. Um, until late one night, where the end was getting close, and he was slipping in and out of consciousness. And late at night, the Macmillan nurse was by his bed, and he was laying there, and suddenly he sat bolt upright in bed. He thrust his arms out, and he said, Oh! It's you. And then he fell back dead. And you know, she was so overcome. Whether the situation, the presence of Jesus in the room, she just fell onto her knees, dissolved into tears, and gave her life to Jesus. I mean, what a way to go. 18 people brought into the, the kingdom. And, um, you know, 
All I'm saying is with God, it's never too late, too late to find your calling. Perhaps this guy never even knew that he had a calling to be an evangelist until that time. So how do you know what your calling is? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is ask. Simply ask. Because I do believe that God will reveal what his plan and purpose for your life is. But I would also say there are probably some clues as well. And one question I always ask people is, what is your dream? What is your dream? Because so often we have a dream about what we'd like to do with our lives, and that is so often a God dream. God puts it there. Now, don't believe the rubbish about God will ask you to do something totally different that you don't really want to do. Please don't send me to Africa. You know, that kind of thing. Because I think that is a load of rubbish, personally. God actually, I very often, will use what you might feel are natural interests and inclinations. And he will use those things as part of his plan and purpose. And don't get put into tram lines by church. And I mean church, global. You know, I've known people who've asked the church, how can I serve? Well, we do need someone to make the coffee, and there's always a gap in the children's work. I mean, those are, don't get me wrong, those are really important things anyway, and definite gifts to be used. But don't limit God's creativity, because if he has placed a dream in people's hearts, then it's really important that dream is fulfilled in your time, in your place. For some, it's entrepreneurial. Build a business that can be used to extend the kingdom. For some, it's leadership, not just necessarily church leadership. For others, it's building something in the community. For others, it's pastoral, caring for people. For others, it's about setting people free. They've got a passion to see people free from addiction and all the other stuff that this world throws at them. There are so many different ways that we can fulfill that special creative something that God has placed over us and it is totally unique to you. I believe that. Never limit God. Never say it can't happen with me. Never say it's impossible because nothing is ever impossible with God. And I just want to finish with another story because this one illustrates this so well. I don't know if any of you heard of Sean Boltz. Um, again, very prophetic. We actually did a course. He did a, a, a video course on hearing God. We did it with our Connect group and got so much out of it. Really good. But he tells one story where he was actually speaking in one city in the States, and I can't remember which one it was, but it's not important. But after the meeting, he felt to walk back to his hotel. And he realized when he was walking back that probably wasn't such a wise idea because it took him through, should we say, a rather down-at-heel area. And as he was walking along in the shadows, suddenly this voice came out from the darkness and said, can I get you anything? And of course he knew somebody was offering him noxious substances of various types or a girl or whatever. And instead of walking on ignoring the voice, he really felt that he should speak to the person. So he went and engaged the young man in conversation. But while he was talking to him, he was also aware of a young girl there as well, a street kid, probably in her late teens. And he said to the lad, can I just talk to her as well? Help yourself. And so he engaged this young girl in conversation. He felt to ask her, if God can do anything for you, if you've got a dream, 
what would that dream be if God could fulfill that for you? And she thought for a while and she said, I've always wanted to cook. I've always wanted to cook for people. He said, okay, so what simple steps could we take to try and help make that dream come true? Do you know anybody in the food business? And again, she thought for a moment. She said, well, I think I've got an uncle who who runs a restaurant, but um, we've fallen out with that side of the family, so we never talk to them. And so Sean Bolt said, right, I think you should try and find a number for that uncle Give him a ring, and then if I give you my number, let me know what happens. And he made her promise that she would try and find a number for the uncle and call him. And long story short, she did find a number. She called the uncle, and he not only had a restaurant, he ran a chain of restaurants. And he actually turned out to be a Christian, and he was absolutely delighted to hear from her, arranged to meet He then took her in and he trained her in the restaurant business. And the reason why they had fallen out as family was because her mother had actually been brought up in that Christian household and hadn't actually wanted... Well, she she rebelled. She didn't want that faith. And she ran away from home and she got into drugs, prostitution, the whole lot, which is why she had the child and so forth. But because... He um, asked that question, what is your dream? It actually produced this whole new life for this girl. She got into church. She found she had a passion for worship. She ended up being the worship leader in the church. And also, not only did the uncle train her in the restaurant business, he then set her up in her own restaurant. And all that came about because someone said, what is your dream? God puts dreams in people, you know. He really, really does. I mean, he put a dream in Joseph, didn't he? took a long time before it came to fruition, but it was there. And I just want to ask you the same question this morning. What is your dream? No one is ever beyond God's plan and purpose. If we're up for it, so is he. Reach out to him. Make yourself available. And tell him you want to follow the call he has placed over your life. And to be honest, that is the only place you will find true fulfillment when you follow his plan and purpose. So why don't you allow God's creativity to be fulfilled in you? I'll just finish with this last scripture. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Should we pray? Yeah. Father, first of all, I just want to pray for anyone in this room who feels they have missed it. Because I don't believe with you we ever can. And I want you to call them afresh. Even if they're getting older in age, Father, I still pray your plan and purpose to be fulfilled in their lives. And I also want to pray for anyone here who feels they're lacking purpose. Give them a dream, God. You, Father, are so creative. And I just pray that you will give 
people dreams and visions and you will call them according to your purpose. And I just pray for a new revelation for people to just have an understanding of how creative you are and what you have for them. A life of fulfillment in Christ Jesus. And I also want to pray for any dreams that have died. And we know the enemy loves to quash your dreams. But Father, if dreams have died, would you breathe on them once again? And would you just show people that this dream is still possible because all things are possible in you. Reignite it, Father. We are through your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.